It's a great joy for me to be here with you today, as well as it was yesterday. I want to thank you all for the invitation for us, AWM, to come here to share with you a little bit about the work that uh, God has called us to, but also to share God's word. I was born and brought up in Egypt, in the Middle East. I came to the UK in '93 um, to work with a Christian organization. Um, I came from a Christian family originally. And then in '99, I uh, got married to uh, my wife, Joan. And then uh, together we went to the south of France to work with Arab World Media. It's a branch of Arab World Ministries there. Our main work is to reach out with the message of the gospel to those who uh, have no other way to hear about the Lord Jesus. It has been very interesting over the last uh, eight years since we, we went there to see the development, to see hearts were before hardened, now softened, to see those who are coming and asking, we would like to know more, but this time from a, a Christian rather than from a Muslim. We see those who are saying, we surrender and we wanted to embrace the Lord Jesus as a personal Savior. We saw those who are saying, please pray for us. We are going through a tough time in our own countries. We have seen amazing things happening in the Arab world. So thank you so much for taking the time to pray that God will, God's will will be fulfilled in the lives of those who've never heard it before, this good news. Those who are struggling to find a copy of the Bible to be in their hands to read it. Those who are afraid to speak out about what they have discovered. Well, that's enough of me now. Let's turn to God's Word in Genesis 16. History is very important. American President Abraham Lincoln once said to his people, fellow citizens, we cannot skip history. I love history. I believe that studying history is very important because it teaches us experience of the past, lessons that we can learn for the future. A Frenchman uh, once said, he is a politician and historian, Alexis de Tocqueville, he said, history is like a gallery of pictures in which there are few originals and many copies. And here, in this story, we have one of these originals, three main characters being painted before us. Picture Abraham in a modern suit, Sarai in a stylish dress, Hagar in a makeup and a new title as a secretary, and then this story will be as modern as today in the newspaper. But today we need to see how does the Bible, Old and New Testament, is relevant for our day. Its message speaks to our daily activities. And I would like to share with you briefly three points. I entitled this sermon, Man's Folly and God's Faithfulness. So let's start. The first one is compromised culture. Compromised culture. In chapter 15, 
we have seen the height of the faith of Abraham. Abraham believed God and it credited to him as righteousness. We see also the covenant that God has made with Abraham. Uh, we uh, do not hear anything for 10 years and the promise has not been fulfilled. Abraham and Sarai are waiting for this promised child to come, but it seems that God is delaying his promises. Sarai started to think, well, I'm getting old, and Abraham is uh, 85 years old. How is this going to happen? What is the future is going to look like? Well, she knew about the promise. She thought, perhaps I am the problem. Perhaps I think that may, I may can help God out. So the, she decided to interfere and intervene and to do something. After all, doesn't God help those who help themselves? Friends, sometimes when we lose patience, when we are awaiting God's promises and therefore we are impatient, so we interfere, we achieve nothing but mess and misery and delaying for God's promises. The Bible is full of these irrational uh, decisions. Remember Jacob? He lived in exile for 25 years because he thought to help God out in uh, receiving the blessing of his father Isaac. Moses, who escaped from the uh, face of Pharaoh, for 40 years because he thought to help God out when he killed the Egyptian who was fighting with his countrymen. So Sarai, as it were, thought to help God out in achieving this promise to Abraham. She created a mess that we still, after 4,000 years, are reaping its result. Sarai lifted her eyes and she saw Hagar, an Egyptian slave, young, able. She remembered the law in her country or before she went out with Abram to the land that God had promised them. It was Hammurabi who issued a law to say that if a wife is not able to produce an offspring and an heir to the husband, she must find a solution. She must find someone else to do so. So Sarai decided to follow the tradition of her previous country and offer another woman to her husband. She did something against the nature of wives. She said to her husband, Abraham, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. The Bible tells us this story because it happened, because it's accurate, it's true. But the Bible does not justify it. From the beginning of creation, God created one woman for one man. Created Eve for Adam, and Adam for Eve. Anything against that is wrong. Anything against that is not God's will. And that will lead us to an important question. What do we follow? The culture around us or God's command? 
Are we affected by our culture of today or we are affecting our culture? When I was coming here, John was telling me about a motto in Norfolk, we do different. And I thought, well, that is very, very interesting. Can we dare to do things different? Can we dare to think biblically? Can we dare to evaluate our culture and our uh, customs in the light of the gospel, in the light of the Bible? Or do we let the culture, what's happening around us, uh, pushes us to conform with others? Young people, what's your view about drinking? What about Friday night and Saturday night? How about your dating and your relationships? A question is always asked. How far can we go? You cannot go anywhere. What does the Bible tell you? Those who are, of us who are working, what are the ethics of work do we have? Are we known that we are people of integrity? And those who are retired, how do we spend How do you spend your time moving from holiday to holiday or investing your time for the kingdom? The Apostle Paul in Romans 12 said these glorious words. He said, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. This is compromised culture that Sarai had. That would lead us to catastrophic counsel, point number two. Sarai went to Abraham with this suggestion, have my slave girl. And instead of Abraham encouraged his wife to trust God, instead of him taking the spiritual leadership of the family, he agreed on the suggestions. And instead of faith succeeding, triumphing, the flesh triumphant instead. Brother and sister, to whom we listen to, to whom we obey, the voice of the world or the voice of God in the Bible? Remember Peter when he was asked before the Sanhedrin, what did he say? We must obey God than man. And then calamity happened, at least from Sarai's point of view. Hagar became pregnant. That proved without doubt that the problem was in Sarai. She lost her confidence in herself. What would people say? The slave girl is more blessed than the lady of the house. This is not only the problem, but also we come to Hagar, the third uh, person in the story. She felt proud. Well, succeeded. I'm the person who achieved the, uh, the fulfillment of, the, of God's promise to her master Abraham. Now I'm going to provide him with a son, with an heir. Life is going to be much, much better. I am much better than my mistress. I've got it all. So she felt oaty. She, she despised Sarai. She was rude with her. And Sarai did not anticipate to all of these results. What do we expect? The wise man Solomon once said that there is a way that appears 
to be right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. Now there is no peace in the house of the friend of God, Abraham. Sarah lost it. She lost her control over her tongue. She blamed her husband for all the problems. She said, you are responsible for the wrong I am suffering. I put my slave in your arms, and now that she knows that she's pregnant, she despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. You see, it's very easy when we make mistakes to blame others. And we do not often face up to the problem and its uh, uh, results. Remember Adam in the garden? When God asked him, where, were you, where are you? What did he say? He said, the woman you have given me is the cause. And Eve went and said that the serpent has tempted me, and so on. We come back to the main character, the man of faith, Abraham. He made the problem even worse. He didn't want to get interfering. He didn't want to, get, to, to know anything. He left everything in the house of his wife. And once again, Sarah loses control over her temper this time. She mistreated Hagar, and she fled from her. And Hagar did not cope with the results of her pride. She escaped. The, main of the, 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 the meaning of the name Hagar means forsaken or wanderer. What do we do when we are facing problems? Do we stick by it or we run away? Now we have a mess in the house. The three characters, all of them have, have, have sinned, have done something wrong. Abraham, the man of faith, he gave place to the worldly wisdom higher than faith in God. Faith in God. He did not take the role of leadership. He did not want to bear responsibility for caring for the child that he's fathering. Sarai, her mind was not renewed with her faith. She did not want to take responsibility for her mistakes also. She blamed her husband. And when she was threatened and felt despised, she mistreated her, her, her servant. And then we come to Hagar. God blessed her so that she conceived and when she was pregnant, she, um, she despised her mistress. And then she ran away. Which one of these characters are we resembling? Or we come to God in prayers, who promised us, in all your ways submit to him, and he will make your path straight. You see, in the Arab world, we have a story of the Bedouin man and the camel. Every Bedouin man must have a camel. And there, in a cold night, freezing, the Bedouin man went to, to sleep, and suddenly he heard this noise and opened the door for, of his tent. And here is the camel shivering and saying to him, I'm, it's freezing cold. Would you just allow me to put my nose inside the tent to warm me up a little bit? And I won't make any noise. The Bedouin man was a kind man. He didn't say a thing. Okay, the camel stuck his nose inside the tent. Five minutes later, another noise. And the Bedouin man woke up. What's the problem? And the camel said, my hump is extremely cold and I'm freezing. What will I do? Could you just allow me to put my hump in? And the Bedouin man didn't say a thing. So 
the camel pushed himself in. Ten minutes later, another noise. And the Bedouin man, we are not going to sleep tonight. And he said, my tail is about to drop off. I just wanted to put my tail inside. And before he knew, the camel was inside the tent and the Bedouin was outside. <laughs> Sometimes when we allow worldly wisdom to rule, you will find yourself in a place that you don't want to be. And you have lost control over all your circumstances. Now we have seen compromised culture, catastrophic counsel, and now we come to the third and final point, compassionate God. Sarah uh, Hagar had run away. She was in her way to Egypt, her home country. But there she was stopped by the angel of the Lord. The angel of the Lord is no less than the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ. God always takes the initiative. In all situations, God is always take the initiative. He goes out to look for the lost one. If you remember the Lord Jesus Christ and his story of the lost sheep in Luke 15, Jesus said about the shepherd, he goes after the lost sheep until he finds it. And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Let us notice how does God deal with Hagar, who's lost, who's running away. First, God is calling her by her name, Hagar. God the omniscient. God knows everything. God knows everyone by his name and her name. God knows your circumstances. God knows your needs. It is grace, and this grace is for everyone. You see, Christ here did not call Hagar a wife of Abram, but he called her slave of Sarai. Why? Because grace is for everyone, regardless to the social class. Christ did not appear to the man of faith, the hero, Abraham, nor to the lady of the house at this time, but to a slave, Egyptian, out of the covenant, escaping and alone in the desert. The hand of the Lord is not short to save. And then he asked her, where were you coming from and where are you going? Hagar answered, answered truthfully, and she confessed. She said that she had wronged and she had escaped from her mistress, Sarai. God the Omnipotent is calling her to go back to her mistress and to submit to her. The way of salvation starts by confession, confessing our sins. And then it comes change in direction and obedience to God's commandment. God said to her, go back to your mistress and submit there. There is trust, there is faith in the person of Jesus Christ, the pre-incarnated one, that he will help her. It was very difficult. You can imagine that uh, Sarai has mistreated her to the point that she could not bear it anymore. It was very hard for her to go back. It's a loss of faith. faith. And not only that, but also she has to go and submit again to this persecutor situations. Well, God asked her to go back and to serve her in her generation. Why? Because here we see God, the uh, omnipotent, the most powerful, will help her. Jesus Christ said to Paul, he said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And lastly, we find God the omnipresent, 
God the Omnipresent is promising her that he will bless her, that he will be with her, with her uh, offspring. And that reminded me also of the Lord Jesus Christ's promise to his disciples. And surely I will be with you always to the very end of the age. Not only that, but God is giving Hagar a wonderful promise. And to us as well. And this promise to Hagar was that she's pregnant with a child. And when she gave birth to this child, she should call him Ishmael, Ismail, meaning God's here. And the interesting thing is Ishmael was the first of eight people God has called their names before they were born. Hagar was very encouraged to hear that. The life of the child is not, yes, it's not going to be easy, but God will bless him. And out of him will come 12 tribes. These are the tribes of the Arab. He's going to wrestle and to struggle in his life, to fight and look like a, a wild donkey, but God will bless him. God will hear him. The heart of Hagar was full of hope and faith. She called the place and the well there, uh, the Bir Lahai Rawai. That means the well of the living one who sees me. The well of the living one who sees me. God does not uh, seem to be the God of Abraham and Sarai alone. He became her God as well. She came back to her mistress. She submitted to her. And when Abraham heard the story of what happened and the encounter that Hagar had, he called the son when he was born, Ishmael. God listened. God hears. I want to close with this. How about you? How about me? How about us? If we are going through a difficult time, undoubtedly will, or we are, or we have been, remember that Christ listened to the groaning of your heart, even if you have not asked him. He knows what you are going through. God does not only hear, but also sees. His heart is full of mercy, his strength without limit. His resource does not have a limit. He, he wants you to know that he wanted to give you an eternal life, a better life, a full life. Will you come to him? Let us notice that Abraham was 86 years old when Ishmael was born, but he was still learning spiritual lessons in life with Christ. I look around, and the majority of us are younger than 86. Are we still learning spiritual lessons in our walk with the Lord? If there is one lesson I would like to leave here with, I want you to know that God listens. God sees everything. We must learn to live under this truth. In the light of this fact, we cannot hide from him. Everything we say, everything we, we do, he has heard it and he has seen it. Let's take some minutes, some moments, and think about it. Perhaps the Lord is drawing your attention now to something that you have said, that something you have done, that something does not glorify his name. Lift up your heart and ask him to forgive you. If you have not believed in him, come to him. Come to him. He will not let you go empty. Amen.
It's a great joy for me to be here with you today as well as it was yesterday. I want to thank you all for the invitation for us, AWM, to come here to share with you a little bit about the work that uh, God has called us to, but also to share God's word. I was born and brought up in Egypt in the Middle East. I came to the UK in 93 um, to work with a Christian organization. Um, I came from a Christian family originally. And then in 99, I uh, got married to uh, my wife, Joan. And then uh, together we went to the south of France to work with Arab World Media. It's a branch of Arab World Ministries there. Our main work is to reach out with the message of the gospel to those who uh, have no other way to hear about the Lord Jesus. It has been very interesting over the last uh, eight years since we, we went there to see the development, to see hearts were before hardened, now softened, to see those who are coming and asking We would like to know more, but this time from a a Christian rather than from a Muslim. We see those who are saying, we surrender and we wanted to embrace the Lord Jesus as a personal Savior. We saw those who are saying, please pray for us. We are going through a tough time in our own countries. We have seen amazing things happening in the Arab world. So thank you so much for taking the time to pray that God's will 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 be fulfilled in the lives of those who've never heard it before, this good news. Those who are struggling to find a copy of the Bible to be in their hands to read it. Those who are afraid to speak out about what they have discovered. Well, that's enough of me now. Let's turn to God's Word in Genesis 16. History is very important. American President Abraham Lincoln once said to his people, fellow citizens, we cannot skip history. I love history. I believe that studying history is very important because it teaches us experience of the past, lessons that we can learn for the future. A Frenchman uh, once said, he is a politician and historian, Alexis de Tocqueville, he said, history is like a gallery of pictures in which there are few originals and many copies. And here, in this story, we have one of these originals, three main characters being painted before us. Picture Abraham in a modern suit, Sarai in a stylish dress, Hagar in a makeup and a new title as a secretary, and then this story will be as modern as today in the newspaper. But today we need to see how does the Bible, Old and New Testament, is relevant for our day. Its message speaks to our daily activities. And I would like to share with you briefly three points. I entitled this sermon, Man's Folly and God's Faithfulness. So let's start. The first one is compromised culture. Compromised culture. In chapter 15, 
we have seen the height of the faith of Abraham. Abraham believed God and it credited to him as righteousness. We see also the covenant that God has made with Abraham. Uh, we uh, do not hear anything for 10 years and the promise has not been fulfilled. Abraham and Sarai are waiting for this promised child to come, but it seems that God is delaying his promises. Sarai started to think, well, I'm getting old, and Abraham is uh, 85 years old. How is this going to happen? What is the future is going to look like? Well, she knew about the promise. She thought, perhaps I am the problem. Perhaps I think that may, I may can help God out. So the, she decided to interfere and intervene and to do something. After all, doesn't God help those who help themselves? Friends, sometimes when we lose patience, when we are awaiting God's promises and therefore we are impatient, so we interfere, we achieve nothing but mess and misery and delaying for God's promises. The Bible is full of these irrational uh, decisions. Remember Jacob? He lived in exile for 25 years because he thought to help God out in uh, receiving the blessing of his father Isaac. Moses, who escaped from the uh, face of Pharaoh for 40 years because he thought to help God out when he killed the Egyptian who was fighting with his countrymen. So Sarai, as it were, thought to help God out in achieving this promise to Abraham. She created a mess that we still, after 4,000 years, are reaping its result. Sarai lifted her eyes and she saw Hagar, an Egyptian slave, young, able. She remembered the law in her country or before she went out with Abram to the land that God had promised them. It was Hammurabi who issued a law to say that if a wife is not able to produce an offspring and an heir to the husband, she must find a solution. She must find someone else to do so. So Sarai decided to follow the tradition of her previous country and offer another woman to her husband. She did something against the nature of wives. She said to her husband, Abraham, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. The Bible tells us this story because it happened, because it's accurate, it's true. But the Bible does not justify it. From the beginning of creation, God created one woman for one man, created Eve for Adam, and Adam for Eve. Anything against that is wrong. Anything against that is not God's will. And that will lead us to an important question. What do we follow? The culture around us or God's command? 
Are we affected by our culture of today or we are affecting our culture? When I was coming here, John was telling me about a motto in Norfolk, we do different. And I thought, well, that is very, very interesting. Can we dare to do things different? Can we dare to think biblically? Can we dare to evaluate our culture and our uh, customs in the light of the gospel, in the light of the Bible? Or do we let the culture, what's happening around us, uh, pushes us to conform with others? Young people, what's your view about drinking? What about Friday night and Saturday night? How about your dating and your relationships? A question is always asked, how far can we go? You cannot go anywhere. What does the Bible tell you? Those of us who are working, what are the ethics of work do we have? Are we known that we are people of integrity? And those who are retired, how do we spend how do you spend your time moving from holiday to holiday or investing your time for the kingdom? The Apostle Paul in Romans 12 said these glorious words. He said, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. This is compromised culture that Sarai had that would lead us to catastrophic counsel. Point number two. Sarai went to Abraham with this suggestion. Have my slave girl. And instead of Abraham encouraged his wife to trust God, and instead of him taking the spiritual leadership of the family, he agreed on the suggestions. And instead of faith succeeding, triumphing, the flesh triumphant instead. Brother and sister, to whom we listen to, to whom we obey, the voice of the world or the voice of God in the Bible? Remember Peter when he was asked uh, before the Sanhedrin, what did he say? We must obey God than man. And then calamity happened, at least from Sarai's point of view. Hagar became pregnant. That proved without doubt that the problem was in Sarai. She lost her confidence in herself. What would people say? The slave girl is more blessed than the lady of the house? This is not only the problem, but also we come to Hagar, the third uh, person in the story. She felt proud. Well, succeeded. I'm the person who achieved the the fulfillment of of God's promise to her master Abraham. Now I'm going to provide him with a son, with an heir. Life is going to be much, much better. I am much better than my mistress. I've got it all. So she felt oaty. She, She despised Sarai. She was rude with her. And Sarai did not anticipate to all of these results. What do we expect? The wise man Solomon once said that there is a way that appears 
to be right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. Now there is no peace in the house of the friend of God, Abraham. Sarah lost it. She lost her control over her tongue. She blamed her husband for all the problems. She said, you are responsible for the wrong I am suffering. I put my slave in your arms, and now that she knows that she's pregnant, she despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. You see, it's very easy when we make mistakes to blame others. And we do not often face up to the problem and its uh, uh, results. Remember Adam in the garden? When God asked him, where, were you, where are you? What did he say? He said, the woman you have given me is the cause. And Eve went and said that the serpent has tempted me, and so on. We come back to the main character, the man of faith, Abraham. He made the problem even worse. He didn't want to get interfering. He didn't want to, get to, to know anything. He left everything in the house of his wife. And once again, Sarah loses control over her temper this time. She mistreated Hagar, and she fled from her. And Hagar did not cope with the results of her pride. She escaped. The, main of the, 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 the meaning of the name Hagar means forsaken or wanderer. What do we do when we are facing problems? Do we stick by it or we run away? Now we have a mess in the house. The three characters, all of them have, have, have sinned, have done something wrong. Abraham, the man of faith, he gave place to the worldly wisdom higher than faith in God. Faith in God. He did not take the role of leadership. He did not want to bear responsibility for caring for the child that he's fathering. Sarai, her mind was not renewed with her faith. She did not want to take responsibility for her mistakes also. She blamed her husband. And when she was threatened and felt despised, she mistreated her, mistre- her, her servant. And then we come to Hagar. God blessed her so that she conceived and when she was pregnant, she, um, she despised her mistress. And then she ran away. Which one of these characters are we resembling? Or we come to God in prayers, who promised us, in all your ways submit to him, and he will make your path straight. You see, in the Arab world, we have a story of the Bedouin man and the camel. Every Bedouin man must have a camel. And there, in a cold night, freezing, the Bedouin man went to, to, to sleep, and suddenly he heard this noise and opened the door for, of his tent. And here is the camel shivering and saying to him, I'm, it's freezing cold. Would you just allow me to put my nose inside the tent to warm me up a little bit? And I won't make any noise. A Bedouin man was a kind man. He didn't say a thing. Okay. The camel stuck his nose inside the tent. Five minutes later, another noise. And the Bedouin man woke up. What's the problem? And the camel said, my hump is extremely cold and I'm freezing. What will I do? Could you just allow me to put my hump in? And the Bedouin man didn't say a thing. So 
the camel pushed himself in. Ten minutes later, another noise. And the Bedouin man, we are not going to sleep tonight. And he said, my tail is about to drop off. I just wanted to put my tail inside. And before he knew, the camel was inside the tent and the Bedouin was outside. <laughs> Sometimes when we allow worldly wisdom to rule, you will find yourself in a place that you don't want to be. And you have lost control over all your circumstances. Now we have seen compromised culture, catastrophic counsel, and now we come to the third and final point, compassionate God. Sarah uh, Hagar had run away. She was in her way to Egypt, her home country. But there she was stopped by the angel of the Lord. The angel of the Lord is no less than the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ. God always takes the initiative. In all situations, God is always take the initiative. He goes out to look for the lost one. If you remember the Lord Jesus Christ and his story of the lost sheep in Luke 15, Jesus said about the shepherd, he goes after the lost sheep until he finds it. And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Let us notice how does God deal with Hagar who's lost, who's running away. First, God is calling her by her name, Hagar. God the omniscient. God knows everything. God knows everyone by his name and her name. God knows your circumstances. God knows your needs. It is grace, and this grace is for everyone. You see, Christ here did not call Hagar a wife of Abram. But he called her slave of Sarai. Why? Because grace is for everyone, regardless to the social class. Christ did not appear to the man of faith, the hero, Abraham, nor to the lady of the house at this time, but to a slave, Egyptian, out of the covenant, escaping and alone in the desert. The hand of the Lord is not short to save And then he asked her, where were you coming from and where are you going? Hagar answered, answered truthfully, and she confessed. She said that she had wronged and she had escaped from her mistress, Sarai. God, the omnipotent, is calling her to go back to her mistress and to submit to her. The way of salvation starts by confession, confessing our sins. And then it comes change in direction and obedience to God's commandment. God said to her, go back to your mistress and submit there. There is trust, there is faith in the person of Jesus Christ, the pre-incarnated one, that he will help her. It was very difficult. You can imagine that Sarai has mistreated her to the point that she could not bear it anymore. It was very hard for her to go back. It's a loss of faith. Face. And not only that, but also she has to go and submit again to this persecutor situations. Well, God asked her to go back and to serve her in her generation. Why? Because here we see God, the uh, omnipotent, the most powerful, will help her. Jesus Christ said to Paul, he said, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And lastly, we find God the omnipresent, 
God the Omnipresent is promising her that he will bless her, that he will be with her, with her uh, offspring. And that reminded me also of the Lord Jesus Christ's promise to his disciples. And surely I will be with you always to the very end of the age. Not only that, but God is giving Hagar a wonderful promise. And to us as well. And this promise to Hagar was that she's pregnant with a child. And when she gave birth to this child, she should call him Ishmael, Ismail, meaning God's here. And the interesting thing is Ishmael was the first of eight people God has called their names before they were born. Hagar was very encouraged to hear that. The life of the child is not, yes, it's not going to be easy, but God will bless him. And out of him will come 12 tribes. These are the tribes of the Arab. He's going to wrestle and to struggle in his life, to fight and look like a, a wild Donkey, but God will bless him. God will hear him. The heart of Hagar was full of hope and faith. She called the place and the well there, uh, the Bir Lahai Rawai. That means the well of the living one who sees me. The well of the living one who sees me. God does not uh, seem to be the God of Abraham and Sarai alone. He became her God as well. She came back to her mistress. She submitted to her. And when Abraham heard the story of what happened and the encounter that Hagar had, he called the son when he was born, Ishmael. God listened. God hears. I want to close with this. How about you? How about me? How about us? If we are going through a difficult time, undoubtedly will, or we are, or we have been. Remember that Christ listened to the groaning of your heart, even if you have not asked him. He knows what you are going through. God does not only hear, but also sees. His heart is full of mercy, his strength without limit. His resources does not have a limit. He, he wants you to know that he wanted to give you an eternal life, a better life. A full life. Will you come to him? Let us notice that Abraham was 86 years old when Ishmael was born. But he was still learning spiritual lessons in life with Christ. I look around and the majority of us are younger than 86. Are we still learning spiritual lessons in our walk with the Lord? If there is one lesson I would like to leave here with, I want you to know that God listens. God sees everything. We must learn to live under this truth. In the light of this fact, we cannot hide from him. Everything we say, everything we, we do, he has heard it and he has seen it. Let's take some minutes, some moments, and think about it. Perhaps the Lord is drawing your attention now to something that you have said that something you have done, that something does not glorify his name, lift up your heart and ask him to forgive you. If you have not believed in him, come to him. Come to him. He will not let you go empty. Amen.